0: I just remember being in church um, this one Sunday and they're going through acts and talking about the church on fire and things like that. I just remember being in there and then just having this like, almost like an epiphany, so to say, it's just like, go do travel PT. Kind of like the church is going and meeting people like, go, go do that.
1: Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to wwwmycollectivechurch ysm. We hope you enjoy these stories. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Your Story Matters podcast. I'm so glad that you are joining us on this journey where people share their stories. About what life has been like, the highs and the lows, and how God has been a part of it. And one of the remarkable things about this podcast is sometimes you hear stories where people didn't know God was a part of it until um, they got through it. Um, But there are also stories where uh, God's been right by them through it all, and they felt that presence and they felt that comfort. Um, But either way, God is helping people in this church as they go through life. And um, I'm really excited today. To be joined by Phil and Amy, who are going to share part of their story. And really, uh, I'm excited, especially for you two to be with me today because of what's going on right now in in your life and in your story, Um, and really what the last few years have been like. Phil, we're going to start with you. Uh, Opening question, which is Hey, what was childhood like? Where did you grow up? And what role did faith play kind of in your childhood or in your kind of growing up years?
0: All right. Uh, so faith has pretty much always been in my household. Um, growing up, my mom brought us to church. She grew up in a faith household. Uh, she grew up in West Virginia. My grandpa was a big part of that, group in a Southern okay. Baptist church. Uh, when I was younger, we went to a Southern Baptist church. I just remember always going to Awana clubs on Wednesday yeah, yeah. and Sunday, going to church. My dad wasn't a huge part of the faith conversation in the beginning. He actually did end up getting saved when I was, I think, in high school or college. Wow. He came from more of a Catholic background. Yep. And I think, like most fathers and a lot of uh, families, it was just kind of like the mom leading the way mm-hmm. and the father not, And which I know it's not how it's supposed to be, but generally that just tends to be how it is. Yeah. Yep. So... I grew up in PG County until I was about 11, um, and then we moved uh, to Southern Maryland, uh, Calvert County, which is where I would say is where I grew up. That move was pretty big for me. Um, I'm a pretty introverted person. I don't have a ton of friends. I generally tend to have a few really close friends, and new situations with a lot of new people for me is usually pretty intimidating, and uh, I usually just kind of like hang out in the background and stuff like that. So that was a, that move was a big change for yeah. me, especially even going from Prince George's County to Calvert yes, County. Yes, very different. demographic, yeah. like completely different. <laughs> Not quite the same. Yeah, it's it's like a culture shock yeah. almost. I'm like, hi yeah. this is weird. Like, yeah. uh, so, but quickly got plugged into a church there. They didn't exactly have the Iwana clubs on Wednesday, but they did have youth groups that Good. I could go to. I ended up getting baptized, I think I was, 13 or 14. Okay. And I would say I did this only because my younger sister wanted to get baptized. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I can't let her get yeah. baptized before <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no way this can happen. And so while there was like a faith decision in that, I would say it wasn't entirely sure. because of that. And so a lot of high school and middle school was uh, wanting to play sports. Football was something I was really being into and I loved
1: it. Yeah. And
0: there was a lot of at home with my parents there was a lot of fighting um just at night it wasn't very quiet the word divorce got thrown out a yeah. ton and it was something that when you're like you're in bed and you're hearing that thing as like a kid it's not something that is very uh calming yeah. i guess you could say so Eventually, I think I just started to tune things out and just became insensitive to a lot of things So I think I think growing up. I was probably actually a pretty sensitive person and I think with that happening it almost like Hardened me Mm -hmm. to a lot of that. So I would say it wasn't really anger I think it was just a lot of bitterness towards a lot of things and I got caught up in uh, More of like this merit kind of thing like they don't deserve this they don't almost like the older brother kind of mentality Yeah in that story uh but i would just uh always look to other things to kind of fill those needs and it was always football or i ate a lot too like i was a pretty big kid in high school um and that was another thing that also would come back because you get made fun of because you're way or something like that so you know talk about self-esteem issues and things and like okay well what i can't even talk to a girl because they don't want to talk to me it's like you uh you just have all these things kind of like weighing heavily on you. And it was just that bitterness and everything started to turn more into, uh, I'm going to rely on myself to make things yeah. happen and not yeah. other people. Whatever someone else is going to do isn't going to, it's never going to live up to what I want. And I don't think they have my best interests at heart. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. I got into college and I never really struggled through school or anything like that. Um, I ended up going to University of Maryland and still wanted that physicality aspect of, like, football. But obviously that's a Division One school, and I'm not a very tall person. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't going to happen. So I found rugby. Okay. And rugby was awesome. Loved playing it. And I got in with a group of guys there um, who were awesome. But uh, it was also awesome to finally be out of a household where there was a lot of turmoil and things, especially with my parents. And I had a younger brother, uh, an older brother and a younger sister who – I was I am still very close with. Yeah. But they always were they always found ways to get out of the house with friends and things like that. And with my family I couldn't really I didn't feel safe inviting people over. Yeah. And I really didn't go out much or go, like I didn't go to parties like I never did much in high school at all really. It was kind of just a homebody. Yeah. And then I had this chance in college to kind of like almost recreate myself and I did. And so like I lost a ton of weight started uh, playing rugby uh rugby culture there's a lot of drinking and so i found a group of guys and a group of friends that i could hang out with and we could practice and play and you know sweat and bleed together and then go have a beer together and all that kind of stuff and i got heavily involved with that the drinking and that was something that I don't even say it was something I enjoyed, it was just something where I finally felt like sure. I could fit in. yeah,
1: you found a place to belong.
0: Yeah, and it's like, well, you gotta do this, and I don't even know if it was necessarily a requirement, I kinda made it a requirement, sure. I guess. And, I mean, a lot of the guys did it too, but, you know, we I go out like three, four times a week in college and, and drink and wake up next night, do it again, wow. like, didn't think about it, like, wasn't a big deal. I should say it should've affected things, but, I was still able to get through college well enough to get into school, uh, uh, grad school, because I ended up actually getting hurt playing rugby. Then I ended up dislocating both my shoulders and several different times playing different games. And it was like one of those. Rugby sounds great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Stitches, all that kind of stuff. And then eventually I was like, all right, well, I gotta. They said, oh, you gotta go to PT and get these things fixed. And I tried that. And at that point, I was actually looking at like, between different things of, okay, I wanna be like a high school football coach or something like that, or a trainer or a PT. And after going through the whole PT process, I'm like, this thing's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I think this is something I could get involved with. It's kind of like coaching and health and training all in one, it's kind of pretty cool. So I decided to go to PT school and I got in and I would say through that grad school process was still kind of the same, I I don't, I wouldn't say the ways didn't really change. Sure. Go out on the weekends and have fun with my classmates and stuff like that. And the the weird part about all this is during this whole process, I would say, yeah, I'm I'm a Christian. Sure. Like yep. I, I believe in Jesus. Like this is what I do. Yeah. And oddly enough, like I had a Bible in my nightstand. Like I carried it with me yeah. through every process, uh, but never read it. Uh, once I was in college and grad school, I didn't go to church anymore. I didn't go to, I didn't do the, the Bible studies or groups anymore. Uh, it was kind of like, no, I'm just going to do this. This is what I like and stuff like that. And I think, I guess I thought like, oh, this is just enough. Like I can say, believe in Jesus, but you look at my life and it's like.
1: Sure. different, Yeah
0: Uh, because, you know, the drinking leads to a lot of other stuff too. And it's like I didn't do like any drugs or anything like that, but, you know, there's women and then there's the fighting. I did a lot of fighting in college too. I think that comes with the rugby culture too. It's just like... Yeah. So sometime around the end of grad school is uh, where this this change kind of happened, I guess you could say. Uh, I got my first job and I just remember... uh, now not having any sort of books and stuff forced on me it was like i finally found myself able to read things i wanted to mm-hmm. read uh, and i hated reading before and then suddenly it's like i really love reading okay it's like yeah. i didn't even know that was a thing yeah. like I, I can read this book i really enjoyed that book <laughs> yeah. i want to read another book never did that before <laughs> and now i read all the time yeah but there was this thing like it- itching at me like like someone's always saying like, oh, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. And I'm just like, one day I'm like, well, what does it say? So yeah. I picked it up and I started to read it over the course of a little over a year. I ended up reading the, going through the whole Bible. Wow. During the course of going through that and my first job, which was in a place above uh, Baltimore City. Okay. Uh, was a physical therapy clinic. And then I met uh, one of my patients there and becoming one of my best friends um, encouraged me to start going back into church. Wow. and. Started going to that church and started uh, leading one of the youth groups there, like a small group, not like a big group, because sure. this was a pretty big church. Uh, but it, that whole time still, the drinking wasn't done yet. I was still mm-hmm. having fun, it was mid-20s, stuff like that. Yeah. But now I'm reading the Bible more. I remember there was a time, I guess, I don't know how many years into this, I've probably been working for this company for like three years now. My boss comes to me and he wants to open up a second clinic. And he's like, I'd like you to be a co-owner of that. I'm like well, that's awesome. Like I've been working for three years and already I'm gonna own a business. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So we open up this clinic, maybe uh, not too far away. It's in like White Marsh area, which is like maybe 15, 20 minutes away from where the first clinic was. And uh, I'm the only one there. I'm doing the treating, I'm doing the marketing, I'm doing all the admin and I'm doing like 13 hour days, like five days a week, like it's killing me. And I'm doing this for like about a year and I'm just getting run down. I'm like, there's no one here helping me. Like I feel like everyone on the other clinic doesn't even talk to me anymore. It's like I'm on an island out sure. here. Like uh, it's like I lost my friends from there. It's just yeah. like not that. It's just like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah. It wasn't so much they didn't yeah. care about me. It's just that I wasn't there anymore. I just remember being in church um, this one Sunday and they're going through Acts and talking about the church on fire and things like that. And I'm not saying I'm I'm not like a real touchy-feely kind of person. Yeah. Like I felt the Holy Spirit yeah, like yeah, come yeah. and touch me and all this yeah. stuff. And it's like. Yeah. I just remember being in there and then just having this like this this almost like an epiphany so to say it's just yeah. like go do travel PT wow. I'm asking you to go kind of like the church is going and meeting yeah. people like go go do that so I thought about it and over the course of the week I'm like okay I think I'm gonna do this so the next meeting I have with my uh, my boss like my, the co-owner we uh, told him hey man I don't want to do this anymore like, I'm, uh, I'm pretty miserable here, Wow. and I think this is something, this travel PT gig is something I'd like to, to do. And he was very appreciative of it, because I, I didn't, like, just quit then. I gave him, sure. like, a six-month, sure. like, let's get things, let's tie up loose ends, let's yeah. get someone else in here. Like, I'm not just leaving you and, like, doing all this. Sure. So it was September of, I guess it was 2016 when I did that, maybe, yeah, 2016 when I left for that. And I remember the first state I went to was North Carolina. And it was actually another God moment because I remember the first place I was at, my best friend who I was just talking about, his younger brother was a, a lead pastor of a church in the very city wow. that I was going to. Wow! And this wasn't a big city. Um, yeah. it was. It's called Washington, North Carolina. They say, we're little Washington, because they don't want them to get confused with DC. I was <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have a problem <laughs> That's with that. It's <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> Uh, was never ever gonna happen. So this little rural town on like the the coastal part of North Carolina, not like the Outer Banks, but just right there on the, along the rivers and stuff, uh, started going into people's homes. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start like evangelizing through my work and wow. stuff like that. So it's like, and I had a bigger, grander plan than than what was really happening. Sure, like what, sure. what I thought was gonna happen. But we get in there, I get in there, and I'm seeing people one on one in their homes and. I mean, it's a very easy place to really open up because I mean, you're in there with people who, for the most part are in like the later stages of life. Yep. They've just gone through something hard. Usually yep. they're getting right out of a hospital. Yep. And you like, you're looking on their mantle and they've got all their grandkids and all these old photos yeah. like post, you know, just like, and it's really cool to see. And sometimes it might just have like a family Bible on the table and you just start talking about yeah. it, um, about any random thing. and. It's a little easier in North Carolina because I think everyone has a little bit more of a a faith sort of background, yeah. just there's a cultural it, yeah, yeah it is a cultural thing, and, and that's kind of where it stops too, because there's some sometimes I walk into people's homes and they're watching the televangelists and they're like, "Hey, we'd like you to give you a thousand dollars to uh, I'm like, eh, I don't know <laughs> if this is the best thing to be watching, <laughs> yeah. but um." I got involved with the church down there and an older gentleman named Ed who was a real good mentor. He actually like really taught me how to read the Bible. It's oh. like, okay, you're reading it, but it's like, like how do you like take out of it? Like, what yeah. you, you know. So like, yep. I remember we took 10 weeks and went through James. I'm like, James is five chapters. Is, yeah. How do we spend 10 weeks yeah. on James? Like, yeah. But it was awesome. We went verse by verse through the whole thing yeah. in this men's group and it was awesome. And so I'm like looking for jobs down there, looking for like, full-time positions to, so I can get back in like an orthopedic setting. Yeah. And I've got a great church community and I've got a girlfriend and I'm like, I think maybe this is where God wants me to be. So I'm like, trying to find this place of like my calling, my place in the world. I'm like, I think this is it. Yeah. And then like, it's like when I first came to that decision, throughout the rest of the next week, it's like all of this stuff fell through. It's yeah. like girlfriend left, jobs weren't going to work out. It's like, sorry, positions are full. Yeah. We don't have anything open. And it's yeah. just like,
1: what yeah like so god told you to go and do this thing and you went to one place and you're like i think i've gone enough yeah it's like <laughs> i know? think this is it thanks yeah. god this yeah, is yeah. i <laughs> see it now like thanks
0: god <laughs> thanks for bringing yeah. me here by then, go
1: you meant one different change yeah um but then all the other doors shut and so when he said go he really meant go keep going yeah.
0: he's like or i'm like all right so I wanna go to Colorado, let's go to Colorado. So I think within, I think my contract ended there and then like three weeks later, I travel out west. Wow. And I was there for about four months. It was a beautiful area. Um, The mountain, I mean like mountains here, mountains there. It doesn't come close.
1: And you're at this point though, like you're even further away from everybody. Everything, you know, it's a new city. Even though you were only there for four months, like, did you get plugged back in? Did you find another church, yeah. all that?
0: Uh, everywhere I went, I always looked. Uh, well, it was easy to find the church the first time because that was like my buddy's best. Uh, his brother was there. So I'm yeah. like, well, I'm going to go to this one, definitely. Yeah. This one I would look up. All right, let's check out some churches. First, let's find. I would always look more for small groups first. Sure. I'm going to get community at the small groups. We're going to get to dig into the word more. Like, yep. This is where I'm really going to grow more. Yep. And I'd even encourage other people to do that in, uh, in terms of like, if you just come to church on Sundays, like, get in a small group. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's worth it. And then, uh, so I did. And <laughs> It was funny because the uh, church I was going to there, the small group I was in, I think I was the youngest person by, like, 25 okay. years. Yeah. I mean, like, we're talking, <laughs> yeah. like, oxygen masks. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Ah. The people
1: that you're actually working with. In yeah. PT. yeah. It's like, I, didn't
0: I see you on Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was good. It was, uh, But I also am like, I don't think this is going to be the place either. Yeah. Um, but still, still finding areas to start to talk about the word and things like that. And it's uh, it's funny, like, I think I always had this, like, impression that I was going to have to be the one to, like, start those conversations. And more often than not, it's other people yeah. that open up. And yeah. I think, I don't, I mean, I can only say it's the Holy Spirit because I don't know, yeah. like, what prompted them to yeah. say that or because they were random sometimes. Like, I remember actually when i was in north just going back for a second in north carolina uh there was a woman in a, a hotel room that we were going to discharge because she was moving to hospice the next day which is two hours away wow because she had a uh, a brain tumor that kept just growing wow and i walked in on her and she has a uh, a bible in her lap and she just looks right at me says do you know anything about this and i'm like well, if there ever there was a moment, now's yeah. the moment, you know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hadn't have any role to play in that at all. Like she asked all the questions and I just answered what I could. Wow. And I'm like, that was a really cool thing. And then I sat with her and I prayed with her after it. After that, I'm like, I'm sure she's gone now. I mean, yeah. that was years ago. So yeah. never, I didn't have a chance to follow up or sure. continue sure. questions. And sometimes that's, I think, when you don't get to see any of the, the fruit, I guess, or like, yeah. but it was still like a cool moment where I'm like, wow, that was, I think that was probably like really the first time of like getting to do something like that. And that yeah. was like, that was powerful.
1: Yeah. When you create opportunities to let God use you or, you know, relationally, when you just kind of like open yourself up to having those conversations, like, God will let you have those conversations. The number one thing that gets in the way of us being able to share the gospel or being able to talk about Jesus is our own willingness. Um, but that's kind of what you're experiencing. You're just saying, okay, God, like my hands are open, put whatever you want in them. And he's going, okay, but God clearly, you know, asked you to go and you went and along the way you are having these conversations, right? So not just in North Carolina, but in Colorado as well. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about what was because it was a short period of time, but what was it like there? In Colorado. Yeah. I
0: didn't quite have the community. I had North yeah. Carolina. Didn't make a, as much connections. Colorado, I think just as the state, I was in a town called Pueblo, which is two hours south of Denver. So I wasn't like in the city. Yep. Yeah. Some houses were out in a prairie. Like I remember they'd have a postal address and I drive 45 minutes away from where I thought this house was and it's just in a field. And then suddenly a house just appears. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure that's the one wow. because there's nothing else around here. Wow. And... Not, I mean, awesome people. Um, But again, same kind of thing. Like when you're in someone's home, you just get the opportunity to, to like open up, especially when you're seeing them yeah, biweekly yep. or even sometimes twice a week or something like that. It's You get the opportunity to create those, break down those barriers and those boundaries because you're spending time with them. Yeah, You know, they were coming off of falls or pneumonia yeah. or surgeries and they're like, I'm 75, like, I don't know how much time I have left. Sure. You know, those, you get mortality questions. Yep. You get into re- real stuff. Yeah pretty quick a lot of times. And a lot of times family members are there too uh, to kind of help out. So it, it's a really good opportunity. And like you said, it's just being open to talk about it when it happens. Yeah. I think it's like, here's the opportunity. Are you gonna take it? And maybe you miss it that time, sure. but you know it. But it's like, you'll get that opportunity again. Yep. Like yes, I was helping people, but throughout this process, I'm learning a ton. Yep. Just the listening aspect and I was wayward so I was like the younger brother, but I still had the older brother mentality yeah. to a lot of things, yep. and it was uh, it's this weird conundrum of like, well, obviously they're both wrong, but you can't sit there and like condemn someone else for this one thing when you're still doing this. Like it's that's the whole plank in the eye. Yeah, it's you can't do that. Yep. It's just not something that happens. But um, you're right. Like a lot of those patients, um, d- yeah, they're they're out in these rural areas. Their families are not close. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes they just kept having us come out because they wanted someone to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they really had no one a yeah. lot of times. Uh, there were family that would drive in, stay for like a day, and then that was it. Yeah. Um, but you're right, there wasn't a whole lot of community out there. Um, I did end up uh, finally getting to Texas, which is like, I think during this whole process, I wanted to get to Texas, like I really wanted okay. to see Texas for some reason. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I hear great things about Texas. It's like, you can do whatever you want in Texas. It's like this, There's this no crazy, rules, yeah. yeah, it's like, I can do anything. <laughs> and which is funny because I get to North Carolina, I'm like, oh, I'll just stay here. And then I'm like, well, I wanted to get to Texas anyway, so this yeah. is good. And yeah. so still trying to like find my place, my calling, like where I'm supposed to be. And I get to Texas and it's, uh, I'm in this, this town called Colleen, which is, um, right like right in the heart of texas like dead center it's probably like an hour north of austin uh fort hood is where that's at so the army base is the big like draw for everything in that area and in fact there's a lot of retired military that just stayed there sure and i'm always like why would you stay in clean once you retired but it was just kind of what they knew so that's where they stayed and the same kind of opportunities arose and i just remember again looking for churches that had small groups and i found one called uh grace bible church that i started going to down there and quickly got involved with a small group for young adults and it was one of the more awesome communities i've ever experienced in my life like we did i mean if you talk about doing life together this was doing life together we'd meet for like food and dinner and we'd just hang out for like an hour and a half and then we would do like an hour and a half of bible study i'm wow. like this is a it's a long small group but they're the same people that I'd see on Sunday and then I hang out with them for like yeah. three or more times during the rest of the weekend. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is great. And now I'm getting like great, awesome like men pouring into me um, being real about things like pornography yep. and just like where they were in their faith. There was one of the guys who was a Marine and um, he had a lot of PTSD and was real, like saw action in Afghanistan yeah. and was real about a lot of that. And so I think just like, this is probably the first, that was the first time I had seen like people being real about brokenness and issues. And I'm like, well, you can't talk about that. What are you talking about? (laughs) You you can't say that word. Yeah. And it was an issue just like, yeah. And he said with like his wife right next to him. I'm like, oh, this is happening now. He just said that. And, but it was, it was one of the coolest places I've been in. I spent about nine months down there. And the guys are just pouring into me. And I think this is also one of the first times like someone brought up like leadership. Um, the one guy, uh, Neil, who was the Marine was, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but you you basically got um, someone could just like say, hey, I think this person would be, nominate you for sure, uh, sure. for position. And they nominate me for a deacon, which I mean, it I wasn't like a leadership role, but it's still like, uh, like I was just cleaning and being the last one in and out of the church yep. on Sundays. But it was like, kind of cool to be like hey he sees me as like someone that the church would trust or something yep. like that to do sorts of things and um they were like asking me deeper questions about like have you thought about like what you'd want in a wife or something like that or like what did you what do you think you're you're what do you like to do in mission or like uh in ministry and things yeah. like that like what are things you really appreciate or like think you're good at what you know what are your gifts like i guess and really just digging into theology, like um, things i have never discussed like, before, like deep stuff. I'm like, man, I didn't even know this was a question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I thought this was it. Yeah. Like, who talks about this? And he's like, yeah, there's whole factions of people that talk about this yeah. and they're divided. I was like, oh my goodness. And it was just a really awesome time of my life. And again, kind of like in North Carolina, I'm like, this is it, Texas, no rules, love the place it's a great community i'm like i'm gonna stay here um so i was trying to further my education in physical therapy so i was doing this fellowship program um and for the program i needed to have a full-time job in an orthopedic setting again so i'm finding all of these different places in texas and i've got licenses in like four other states in yeah. maryland virginia north carolina and colorado and i apply to places in every state and the only state that got back to me was maryland and they got back to me in two hours yeah and no one else even responded i'm like for real like i don't want to go back to maryland i left maryland this isn't maryland is not where i want to be and it was pretty clear that you know god's again saying like yeah you're gonna keep going um and you're gonna go back home and i'm like come on and so it's like this jonah story of just like you know i'm gonna turn you back this way and i go like five thousand miles just to end up back in the same (laughs) spot and it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, so I go. Uh, the obedience factor is definitely there. It was, uh, I didn't want to. It definitely did a kicking and screaming. But I went and I came, uh, came back here and ended up going to a church first up here called uh, Redemption City Church, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was part of the Acts 29 network, yeah. um, which is what they, the church I was in in Texas was an Acts 29 church. Okay. And that said, hey, sense. yeah, if you want to find something similar, maybe you look through this network, you yep. know, you can find something like that. So I'm like, okay, looking, and there's places in Frederick. Uh, so I'm like, all right, well, my job's in Germantown. I'll get a place in Frederick's a little cheaper. The drive's wow. not bad at all. Like, I've never been to Frederick. I'm like, I've never gone to this part of Maryland before.
1: You've been to all the other parts. Yeah, I've been Yeah,
0: Southern Maryland, uh, Baltimore. Yep. I'm like, all right, well, Frederick, why not? New place. I've been to uh, new places for the last, like, two, three years. Like, that's all I've been doing, so yeah. why not? So... Start going to RCC. I wouldn't say the uh, the drinking and stuff like that's still there. Like on the weekends, like all the stuff I'm saying of like this evangelizing and my faith is growing, but there's still this part of that. You know, I'm not fully trusting and things sure. like that. And so, as I'm starting to finally wrestle with like the growth and accepting more responsibility now, and not just. I mean, it's fine to. I don't want to say this like you you can't just take all the time like you can go to church and you can get fed and get fed but at a certain point if there has to be a shift of like when am i going to start to give for others like what i have found out and and teach others and i was at this point coming to that realization i'm like i can't i can't do this um so i gotta i gotta get plugged in and i gotta start leading and and what necessarily leading but just Being more involved than when I do. i got to start serving or something like that. And so I was actually trying to at this church. But at the time, they were also going through a lot of turmoil. They ended up shutting their doors after not too long. So I didn't really get a chance to. But I made some good connections with a small group again that I was going through there. That I still meet with today even. Pretty regularly uh, and get together, which is pretty awesome. But I remember... As the small group uh, met for the last time, someone mentioned, oh, uh, Phil, you're still looking for churches, right? I'm like, yeah, I've looked at a couple places. I'm like, I'm not – I'm like, yeah, it seems like every church I've been to. Um, and then they said, why don't you try Collective? I was like, all right. I haven't seen that pop up on a, a search yet or anything like that because I was looking like, non-denominal, yeah. non-denominational churches. Yes. And it's funny because I feel like they're everywhere now, but you guys, at that point – weren't no internet presence no internet presence. <laughs> No. i don't know if they just buried you like yeah they did google was
1: like nah we're not interested it is but yeah
0: it's funny yeah. i looked at i'm like why why didn't they pop up yep. um so i went one sunday checked it out it was the summer of
1: 2019 yeah
0: i came to one service and i ended up coming to a second one and i I think i think that when i had been like when you first started talking about grocery store buyout or something like that yeah and I'm like, wow, like that's really cool. Like I've never like been in a church where their community engagement was like this. Sure. Cool, awesome church, really engaged. Um, I'm like, this has got to be. I've never, I've never seen like a church live out the faith that quite that way before. I'm like, they're they're actually like putting their, I guess money where their mouth yeah. is, so to speak. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I'm like, all right, let's just go one more time and I'm like after I think I guess it was a third time I'm like yeah let's call this one home so started going uh to a small group and then I think I was speaking with uh Jess and Katie and they were talking about youth group and how they needed leaders I'm like there we go yeah so volunteered for that and I think it was actually kind of cool because I feel like they vetted me more than like anything else yet because I I think I don't even know if I've been going to the church for a month yeah and it's like yeah, he's cool. Just let him. Okay, hold on. Let me, but not the other. No, 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 no <laughs> hold on. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Um,
1: Phil, Whitney, there was a comfort that we had with you because RCC, um, and we, we knew they had closed, but um, that church had been really good to collective. It, I hate that the church doesn't exist anymore. Because um, for us, like Redemption City was a very good balance to collective when it came to style. Our goals were very similar, but the way we did church was different. So it was like, Hey, if you don't like the way we do things at collective, you'll probably love redemption city and vice versa. Um, but I know like internally, a lot of the conversations with people were like, Hey, if you're looking for something that's similar, you know, a little bit different in style, but same type of like trying to build this community, it's younger. They were like, you should go to collective. And we did have multiple people who showed up around the same time. And I remember, uh, that you and Kara and um, Davis have a Weigel, like they came and it was like, these people are pretty awesome. What the heck is happening? Because at that point we weren't like, not a lot of people were showing up like healthy and not a lot of people were showing up going, yeah, I I can do this. And so for you, like knowing where you came from, um, knowing your passion and all that, like it was a quick turnaround, but we had a comfort just knowing where you were coming from because it wasn't coming from a place of like baggage, right? Still a little bit of pain, like any time a church closes this door, even if it's probably the right decision, it still sucks. Um, But yeah, you pretty much immediately though jumped in to Youth Collective and uh, that is a weird group of kids, right? (laughs) Um, I feel like probably everything you did, God was probably preparing you for how do I have weird conversations with middle school and high school boys, Um, especially the boys that we have at Collective. And I'll just say this, like Youth Collective doesn't exist today without you coming to Collective. I mean, it sucks that that RCC had to close their doors. It sucks. But also Youth Collective doesn't exist without you ending up at Collective and you saying, hey, I'm interested in this because so much of the next few years is you leading and really caring a lot of Youth Collective through us trying to figure some crap out, COVID, you know, and even and even through that. Um, but one of the questions I would love to know is at that point, when you jumped into youth collective, you'd obviously been a part of some really good church community. So you knew like, this is what I long for. You also, it seems like you were at that point where you're like, I want other people to have this, but what made you jump in to students? Right. Because not a lot of people are like, you know what I want to do? Middle schoolers and high schoolers, you know, like is, do you think some of it was because when you were in middle school and high school, like you had faith, but you didn't have what you're trying to create or was it your experience like traveling around going, man, like, okay, God, like you've asked me to do some hard things. Here's a hard thing. Um, but what was it about serving, but specifically like pretty quickly leading students that was like kind of hitting that place that God was pulling you toward? I don't think that
0: was uh something I would have necessarily, again, Decided. Yeah. I think that was. I had opened myself up to God, I'm open to taking on more responsibility and serving. And what does that look like? And then there's, hey, we need male youth leaders. 100%. And then it's like, ha, anywhere else you need help leading? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. And yeah. it's like, I wouldn't say I was like against, I obviously did it. Um, but it was. I wouldn't say it was something like I had a heart for the youth kids yeah. or something like that, and I certainly do now. Yeah. Um, I love it, but I just knew that I opened myself up. God provided an opportunity again, and He said, "Go,"
1: because God asked you to. Yeah, which is a theme in
0: your life, by the way.
1: Yeah, it seems to be.
0: <laughs> it's good. It's, and, it's yeah, good. I think it's a good theme, and so I was starting to see like how can I lead young men and stuff like this, if I myself am still, like, really struggling, or I wouldn't even say struggling, like, I just wasn't giving it up. It's like, no, sure. I still I still want to do this. It's sure. basically how I looked at it. Um, and so it was, again, like a process, of like, okay, I can't do this now. Yeah. And so that's when I started giving up the going out on the weekends and partying and things like that. And it's like, yeah, you can have a beer. You don't have to have 10 yep. Yep. kind of thing. Yep,
1: yep, absolutely.
0: So, um yeah and so there's been there's growth still like yeah. I, I don't think I've, i'll ever fully let go of everything this side of it you know sure. but just continuing to just be sanctified like just yep. listening to it like stepping into it yeah uh it's hard it it's not easy yep. like you have to make you have to make that decision to do it to actually trust something is hard yeah you know when when especially if you've seen the bad end of things. It's sure. Like, well, well, why would I do this if this is all I've ever seen? And yeah. it's like, well, that is hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I think reading my Bible has been paramount. Yep. Um, I haven't stopped reading since that day I picked it up. Wow. So it's, I don't know how many times I've gone through it now. It's a yeah. lot, but it's, uh, just can't stop that.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, you know, so for our collective, you eventually start leading Youth Collective. You lead a small group. Yeah. You know, at a brewery at a brewery, by the way, which just feels like irony. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But again, like opening yourself up to say, okay, God, like, uh, like, what do you, what do you need from me? What do you want from me? God used that. And eventually kind of, and right now really is pushing on that even more. Um, So here's what we're going to do right now. Uh, Right now we're going to pause and end episode one of Phil and Amy's story. And next week, Amy's going to kick things off. She's going to share a little bit of her story, how Phil and Amy met, and really how the two of them came to make this huge, incredible, life-changing, life-altering, risk-taking, kind of scary decision to put all of their trust in God um, and to do what he's asking them to do, which is a little bit of a teaser for the next episode, uh, because you'll have to come back to to hear uh, what that is. And so make sure to join us next week for part two of Phil and Amy's story.